Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. In the name of Allah, the gracious, the ever merciful, welcome to another drive time show of Voice of Islam. Uh, I'm accompanied, my name is Rana Atarahman, and I'm accompanied by Imam Imran Sahib. Assalamu alaikum. Peace be upon you, Imran Sahib. Uh, in the name of Allah, the most gracious, ever merciful. I think uh, today we're going to talk about two very two interesting topics. And uh, first of all, uh, we're going to talk about uh, the child grooming and the relationship uh, between the cost of living crisis. Uh, so we'll be talking about, uh, you know, um, uh, how uh, the perpetrator, you know, they groom the, the child and what are uh, happening, what what is happening online, um, especially in these circumstances. And uh, in the second hour, uh, we'll talk about the procrastination and uh, how we can get rid of this habit. So um, if you start about, uh, you know, the first topic, um, you know, child grooming is a highly, you know, concerning and multifaced issue that poses a significant threat to the uh, safety and well-being of children. And now this practice involves establishing an emotional connection with child for the purpose of sexual exploitation. And uh, in recent years, especially, Child grooming has, you know, garnered increased attention in the United Kingdom due to alarming statistic and growing understanding of its complexities. So uh, in today's show, we will, you know, aim to shed light on the concept of child grooming, examine UK statistics related to this issue and explore the potential link between the cost of living crisis and uh, the raise in child grooming and discuss relevant Islamic teachings. The Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, said one of in one of his sayings that one who does not show mercy to our children and honors our elders is not from us. Now that is a very beautiful hadith of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. I think it's a very, um, you know, related to this topic because uh, usually those children are highly on the risk of, uh, you know, of, of uh, you know, the perpetrator can, you know, take advantage of them uh, where their house households are broken, broken families. And in this hadith, uh, you know, the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, especially emphasizing that one should show mercy towards their children. So uh, in, in the house, household, it's have a, you know, friendly environment with your children. Um, yeah, and I think, look, the... When you try to uh, link the hadith to the actual uh, concept of what is child grooming. Now, um, a groomer mm-hmm. uh, often uses the, the you know, you could say the facade or the mask of being a merciful person for the child itself. Okay? Mm-hmm. True. So uh, it starts off with the uh, with building a comfort through, uh, through kindness, through, um, um, you know, it could be through gestures of um comfort that create comfort for the child right so um in when you try to actually analyze the hadith itself uh that mercy doesn't uh the mercy that you show towards children is something which should remain throughout your relationship let's say as a parent as a uh, the 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 uncle of a child or, mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. the aunt of a child mm-hmm. and uh, forever that child remembers that particular adult 
as a person who has always been um, with fond memories. Right. So um, this is the this is the actual meaning of the hadith. So mm-hmm. remember that you know groomers will will trap their victims uh, right. through through a facade of um, being mm-hmm. kindness, but uh, lead them down to a path of trauma, pain, and uh, you know um, could could also become. A, a a sentiment of mm. vengeance with with their growth as well. Right. So it can absolutely shatter their development. Absolutely. Whereas a true uh, a person who acts upon this hadith mm. or you know not just this hadith but the general sunnah of the Prophet and his companions and their compassion towards the, towards children. Right. Uh, they would uh, they would leave a positive mark on those who are not just children but vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And for the rest of their lives, and they are rem- they rem- they remember those people in the most fondest of ways. Absolutely. So this is how I would um, mm-hmm. analyze this particular hadith. Um, mm-hmm. Now the subject itself, mm-hmm. uh, as you've uh, given us a very good introduction mm-hmm. to the whole discussion today, the subject itself is quite relevant uh, even today mm-hmm. um, in all of UK. As um, I think recently there's this uh, news that's broken out on the BBC where. Mm-hmm. Where one of its uh, top top hosts has recently been, um, you know, has become a subject of. We don't know who it is yet. They haven't revealed the name. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is a serious investigation going on in regards to a person who has been exploiting oh. uh, a child or uh, someone mm-hmm. at, uh, we presume is underage, mm-hmm. um, because this took place about three or four years, three mm-hmm. years ago, uh, approximately. So. Um, as you can probably just guess from this uh, particular scenario, that there is no particular class uh, that groomers belong to. True. Um, they could belong to any society, any part of society, anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's not like, oh, um, if you are this certain mm-hmm. um, background, you are more likely to be a, a groomer. Uh, it, it, it's just a very unfortunate thing that's... Uh, that can be found in any background, in any uh, class, in any, um, in any, yeah. anywhere. I think it's very important you mention this point because, uh, in you know that it can be any class. Yeah. You know, I, I was reading an article uh, in, t- in today on BBC uh, that uh, you know um, a priest he uh, groom a little girl. Yep. And uh, he take advantage of her, uh, you know. So you cannot, you know, trust on anyone. It can be from any class, any, any, you know, on any platform of society. It can be anyone. So uh, you know, parents should, you know, take care uh, of, uh, you know, of, of take exactly. care of their children. It's it's who yeah. you trust your children mm. upon. You're, mm. you're, you've made a very very important point here. Now, um, for that, there has to be a serious. Uh, you know, for it, let's say uh, when we, when dealing with children itself, okay, in any in any profession or in any like, for instance, in any institution or right. in any uh, in any setting, mm-hmm. you know, who do you trust your children upon? Mm-hmm. Um, who's looking over them whilst mm-hmm. you are there, not not uh, safeguarding them? Mm-hmm. So the vetting process uh, you've basically referred to here mm-hmm. is uh, is highly essential. And what are these vetting processes that are mm-hmm. uh, we that anyone is doing to ensure that child they can be trusted with children? 
Um, that's one one aspect of it. So you know, for instance, if you trust, uh, you you've just mentioned uh, a particular mm-hmm. a particular uh, type of per- like profession mm-hmm. or, or a person, but you know that's uh, it, it could be. <laughs> it's it's just any. It's not just from that background. As I said, it's from any any background. Any background. Yeah. yeah, we everyone could be exposed at some point mm-hmm. for not being vigilant enough in their own setting to not look after ch- uh, to to not safeguard children mm-hmm. so let's go more into what is child grooming yeah. so um, i think it's very important to know that uh, you know what is child grooming uh, for our listeners uh, child grooming refers to a process in which an adult you know builds trust and emotional connection with a child typically with the intention of exploiting se- them sexually and uh, the you know groomer often establishes a relationship with the child you know gaining their trust and manip- manipulating their emotions so this can occur online or in person and the groomer uh, you know may use various techniques such as you know flattery gifts and uh, manipulation to lower the child's you know uh, inhabitation and make them more susceptible to exploitation so once a groomer has established control and uh, you know they may escalate the relationship to uh, you know involve sexual abuse or exploitation so it is extremely important for parents and carer to be aware of these dangers so that they can better prevent harm the holy prophet peace and blessings of allah be upon him said every one of you is a shepherd and is responsible for his flock the leader is a shepherd and is responsible for his subject a man is a shepherd of his family and he is responsible for them so i think um, uh, in, in this hadith particularly the holy prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam put the responsibility on the parents that you know they are they are like just a shepherd as shepherd take care of their sheep and you know take care that no wolves come near near the, those sheep and uh, you know harm the sheep similarly you know in this uh, in this situation the holy prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said that the parents should be looking after of uh, you know any danger uh, which can you know which can, which their children can face and uh, especially um, you know uh, in today's society when uh, online grooming is very you know is is on the rise and uh, uh, i was reading a stat that uh, you know the, the, uh, in especially in the lockdown the online grooming has tripled um uh, from the comparing to previous years so uh, it's just not a physical it can be you know uh, one can groom a child in online especially on you know uh, apps like um, whatsapp instagram and facebook so it is very important to uh, for, for for the parents to look after their children especially their online activities okay and uh, you know in the sense that this this or these that you've quote uh, that we've mm-hmm. quoted here um i would say that this is more of a general um general sort of guideline um mm-hmm. and uh, when you co- quite related to the concept of uh, protection of children mm-hmm. i think look it's not necessarily just the parents who should be um uh, protecting their own children that's a given they right. this is you, this is their responsibility right. anyways and it's not just a responsibility uh for by god but it's 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 one of those natural instinctive uh, things that they know that they are responsible mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. um y- as parents or as adults you are also i believe uh, responsible for the protection of of, of all children mm-hmm. not just your own mm-hmm. okay? you uh, you have to 
look at all children as if they are your own, if, as if they were your own children. Um, for instance, if their parents are not there, you know, in terms of vigilance, uh, the the essence of vigilance, it still has to be there. Um, because at some point, let's say, um, your own children mm-hmm. are somewhere and mm-hmm. uh, you are not there or your, your missus is not there. As parents, um, you would expect that the people who the, uh, has been who are around them, who are surrounding them, uh, they are taking care of them right. in the best way possible. So um, this is a brilliant hadith in that sense mm-hmm. that we are all exactly like, mm-hmm. um, we're just, uh, we are like shepherds. Um, mm-hmm. And a society, as a society, we are, a, you know, we, we, we are there to uh, protect all around us as well. Mm-hmm. So as you've also mentioned in regards to like the grooming processes mm. um, and we discussed this in the beginning that um groomers tend to go with um um a very soft image right um which lures their uh victims in um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and this could be through as you said flattery or mm. um gifts gifts yeah. so you know once again this comes to the question of vigilance mm-hmm. right what do we do if if we are in a process where in our in our lives what do we do if we have sensed mm-hmm. that you know there is there is a child there is not just a child maybe a teenager mm-hmm. um a young lady as well for instance a young man i'm i'm not generalizing but anyone mm-hmm. if you sense that this person is going through a something which is a very strange experience mm-hmm. you know you're seeing it how you know this is a question which mm-hmm. we should be asking ourselves mm-hmm. so um for such questions uh let's go to our first caller uh we have um miss rachel leslie who is the operational lead of the theoretic services at children northeast so um good evening rachel hi there um yeah so welcome to the voice of islam radio program um thank you for having me no issues no issues at all so could you provide an overview of the programs and initiatives offered by children northeast to support children and young people in the region absolutely uh children east offer different services support initiatives which provide a platform for children young people and families to work through whichever issues they're actually having at that time um, and provide them with the tools to reach their full potential this includes things like therapeutic services, mm-hmm. mental health support, youth work, domestic abuse services, and we also campaign on issues affecting baby children and young people mm-hmm. to influence social policy. Mm-hmm. So, Rachel, uh, what are some of the key challenges that children and young people face in the communities, and how does you know Children North East work to address those challenges? Um, I think poverty and deprivation is is one of the main ones. Um, in 2022, 3.6 million children were living in poverty in the UK. Okay. I think um, lack of opportunities due to the current financial situation that we're living in make young people make those really difficult choices. Um, physical safety from violence, we've seen an increase in young people being referred due to them being a victim of crime. And, you know, things like mental health issues. Mm-hmm. Um, again, we've seen a huge increase in anxiety amongst young people who were referred into our service. 
that could be, you know, anxiety around isolation or identity and acceptance. Okay. Um, so there's quite a lot of issues that young people have to deal with currently. <laughs> so, Rachel, um, in terms of, like, um, your experience, can you share a success story or example of how Children North East has made a positive impact on the lives of children and young people? Um, yes, absolutely. I suppose it's, it's a bit of a edged sword in that we have been commissioned by the Police Crime Commissioner for a number of years and they approached us about the rise in cases of sexual abuse in young people. Um, and I, we put in place a SAFE programme. So the SAFE programme stands for Sexual Abuse Family Engagement. And this provides young people in our area um, therapeutic support to help them after they've been a victim of sexual abuse or assault. Um, the therapeutic service is one-to-one and the, de- the sessions are delivered by specialist counsellors. Um, and alongside that, the, the team who work on the SAFE project also provide home-based support to the family. So that could be the parents or the grandparents really trying to help in the young person's life, providing help to support them during this really difficult time. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is for young people from age five upwards. Mm-hmm. Um, and I suppose, the you know, in terms of we're listening to what young people need in terms of that you know the issues that they're being faced, and we're looking proactively to be able to support them by using a number of different ways mm-hmm. to start these programs, such as the SAFE program. Mm-hmm. Excellent. So, uh, Rachel, how does Children Northeast prioritise the you know participation and input of children and young people in the development and you know, uh, implementation of their programs? Um, we've got a number of projects um, which include participation with young people, the feedback around the developments of the service. One of those programs is our Youth Advisors Program, and that's a group of young people who are in between 11 and 17. Mm-hmm. They meet up every week and explore a huge range of topics which are important to them. Um, and the information then fed back to um, decision makers who make decisions about children's rights and issues affecting their health, etc. Mm-hmm. I think in terms of ensuring the children and young people who do take part in these consultation and participation groups, it's really important that they get the opportunity to develop so they learn skills around leadership and communication and obviously being in part of a participation group makes a positive impact in the lives of their peers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So finally, Rachel, how can individuals or the community get involved and support the important work? So there's lots of different ways you can get involved with us. All of the information you need is on our website, in Children Northeast's website. So you could volunteer for us or you could fundraise for us or make a donation. Um, volunteering is really you know, something that is a really rewarding experience and having a passion to kind of improve the lives of babies, children and young people. Um, children North East provide all the training and support to be able to support you in whichever volunteering role you would like to commit to. Um, mm-hmm. We're actively seeking volunteers from different backgrounds um, and different lives so that we're creating that inclusive environment. We would love to hear it from anybody who would like to um, volunteer for us to help run some of these uh, really important, impactful programmes. 
Mm. So, um, thank you for this wonderful interview and wonderful explanation of your experiences with um, w- in your field, uh, Rachel. It was really uh, good to have you on. You're more than welcome. Thanks so much for giving me the opportunity to chat with you today. No issues at all. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. So if you would like to contact us, it's www.voiceofislam.co.uk. Uh, you can send your calls in through 0208-687-7878 or you can tweet us at Voice of Islam UK. So um, Imran Saab, uh, let's discuss more mm-hmm. in regards to what are the types of grooming. Absolutely. I think uh, it is very important to know that, you know, they're not just a one kind of grooming. There are several kind of, you know, grooming and uh, several kind of apps and, you know, things can be used to groom the children. So groomers can use the, you know, same websites, uh, you know, games and apps that young people use to uh, spend time and learn about their interests. And uh, they do this to build a relationship with the young person. And online grooming can happen through different methods, such as social media, uh, you know, text messages, uh, messaging app like WhatsApp, email and chat in, in chat forms and games and apps. So whether online or in person, groomers use, you know, tactics like pretending to be a younger or uh, giving advice or showing, you know, understanding and giving gifts, you know, and giving attention and talking them, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, taking them on trips or, uh, you know, outings. So more than anything, this highlights just how important is it for parents care to, you know, have strong relationship with their children and, you know, give them a good upbringing. The Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, said that no father has given a greater gift to his children than good moral training. So, you know, there are various kinds of, um, uh, as I mentioned, various kinds of, uh, you know, the perpetrator, they, they use you know, various kind of techniques, especially uh, on the on social media, they pretend to be a younger and they pretend to be an understanding person. You know, some of the children who uh, from who come from broken families, uh, they look friendships outside the, you know, outside the household and they perpetrated especially target those children who who are you know vulnerable and who are looking for the friendship who are looking for the you know uh, to, to to someone who can understand themselves and they use uh, these kind of tactics and you know they gifts uh, they uh, send them the gifts and you know uh, show that that they are understanding and once once they are you know uh, have uh, you know have a you can say a friendship build friendship uh, trust with them with trust with them yeah. and then they go on the wrong, wrong side. So uh, the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, that is why I said that a father have a, have, has a, you know, no father has given a greater gift to his children than moral training. So uh, by moral training means that the parents should inculcate in their children what, what's a wrong and what's a right and uh, how should be they, how, how uh, they're trusting uh, you know uh, whether to trust this person or not. So uh, I think giving them the good morals yeah. uh, is a way to go forward. Look, I think uh, that's that's a basis. Mm-hmm. I would, if I would, to actually yeah. just uh, try to understand this mm-hmm. a bit more. Mm-hmm. Giving children good morals is is the fundamental basis. Um, that's still it's it's it. What it then helps in doing is that they could make hopefully make the right. Mm-hmm choices 
at the most critical junctures in their life. For instance, mm-hmm. if they're on the internet, you know, let's uh, the, those right moral mm-hmm. trainings would hopefully not allow them right. to pick the wrong, uh, to make the wrong decisions. Mm-hmm. For instance, where what to surf, uh, who to chat to, mm-hmm. and um, how to deal with themselves uh, mm-hmm. in their own in their own uh, you know in this solitude mm-hmm. of surrounding on the internet. Um, however, uh, groomers can can be a lot smarter than that okay mm, they mm. are you know there's as you've mm. just mentioned that there are various ways of luring or mm. tricking people into that so uh, online as you said that the online um, filtration uh, process has to be very strong mm. uh, as parents or in schools um, on your for instance if you're if you have a mobile phone at right. a young age right. uh, that's very important to make sure that the um, that you know you that those things are uh, looked after mm-hmm. uh, very carefully mm-hmm. so um you've also mentioned in regards to video games okay now w- what exactly is um you know, how do video games uh, also i mean i mean you, it's more in terms of the online chatting, online chatting uh, and yeah. stuff like that yeah. isn't it so yeah. we'll come back to that in a mm-hmm. bit we have a telephone caller on the line we have Anne marie who is an award-winning international safeguarding consultant. Uh, welcome, Anne-Marie, to Voice of Islam Radio. Thank you. Thank you for the invitation for uh, being invited today, this evening. Thank no you. issues at all, and we hope to hear more from you uh, with in the future as well. So the first question is, the impact of child grooming can be devastating for both the victim and their families. Could you shed light on the long-term consequences and psychological f- effects that children who have experienced grooming may face? How can professionals working in child protection best support these young survivors in their recovery process? Well, obviously it's about trust, isn't it? So we know that the research tells us that a lot of the children that have been groomed uh, are groomed by somebody who they who, who targets them, befriends them, and then is kind to them, and then exploits that kindness. Yep. So it does impact on their, their, their relationships, healthy relationships, trust, intimate relationships as well when they get older and they yep. kind of get married and have mm-hmm. partners. So we, we know it can impact on mental health, it can impact on their parenting, it can impact on just like stress in their lives and how they're dealing with it. If people aren't supporting them around them, then yep. they t- internalize it could be self-harm, it could be addiction of any sort so it's really important that they get a lot of they're heard their voices are heard yes and people understand that there could be triggers there could be random triggers yeah for this person to go back to a memory of when it was happening to them yeah and it could be a it could be a perfume smell it could be a song on the radio it could be anything it could be know? someone just, someone saying something which reminds yeah, them of that person's exactly that trauma exactly. that brings it yeah no it's exactly uh, and then we've got to think of the person who's done it, was it a family member? Well, so when they go to that part of the country or that part or the family relative's home still, you know, there can yeah. be so many things. And going back to your point, a lot of children don't tell us. Mm-hmm. But sometimes we're going to get behaviours and we don't, work, we don't know why they're acting that way, but they can't yeah. tell us that they've been subject to harm yeah. because they don't feel they'll be, be heard or believed. Yes. So we've just got to be really aware that um, any child... So I do international safeguarding and I always say in every country I go to, um, and I've been to lots of continents, mm-hmm. I always say that child abuse does not discriminate. Whether it's age, class, religion, gender, it does not discriminate. Yes. And we just got to be mindful. In some communities, it's quite taboo. Yep. And every parent listening today, or every child or adult who survived, unfortunately, some harm, you know, we need to 
feel comfortable that we need to acknowledge it's a real fact of life in the sense of it is real that it's happening or happens. Yes. And by not telling anyone, it's going to really impact on our long-term well-being and mental health. And it also gives the uh, the victim, uh, sorry, the perpetrators, you know, this like sort of they can they can just carry on doing it and they could do it to anyone Absolutely. else. Yeah, so, yeah. And, 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 and the research told us that the predators to do it have, are doing it to lots of people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you understand? So they're, they're kind of um, prolific offenders where they do it to, uh, they target, they know exactly who to target yeah. when it comes to the, the, the carers, the, the, the parents or carers, or if you're in an organisation, whether it's faith groups or sports groups, they know how to get involved in an organisation to be trusted. And then they know how to kind of target the vulnerable child within mm-hmm. that group mm-hmm. to then take advantage of them and then mm-hmm. silence them and that's the magic thing they do they silence the kids to a point where they never tell do you understand so we need to really understand how they're feeling what they're saying and think about our boys as well an element of how what stops certain children particular boys talking out about such things you know the whole thing about embarrassment no yeah. one believes me I mm-hmm. mean you know being bullied in school as well, yeah. for instance, if you say it to so like, if you mention, you you just don't want to mention it, would you? So, um, no, no, so it could be no. a harsh mm-hmm. environment, anyways. Mm-hmm. So, Anne Marie, um, with regards to targeting these uh, children, I was uh, reading a stat that you know the groomer particularly targets the young girls uh, as compared to the boys. Is there any specific reason behind it, and how parent can you know, uh, uh, you know, educate their children? Yeah. So, I mean. I want, so just to educate the audience, mm-hmm. in one of my roles, I'm a qualified social worker of 27 years, and I've mm-hmm. interviewed hundreds of children who've been subject to abuse, okay, in the mm-hmm. job. Mm-hmm. But also, I was a, a, a LADO, which is a local authority designated officer, which means um, allegations against any member of staff mm-hmm. who worked in an organisation was also a role that I was part of. So just to be clear, that whether it's the sports coach, or mm-hmm. the person in the faith group, or in the ballet school, or, you know, um, hence an allegation against mm-hmm. staff or family, a relative, a sibling, it mm-hmm. could be anyone. Mm-hmm. These people know exactly, so the, the quickest one I've had, unfortunately, was a child who was subject to harm on day two. So day one was where the person fussed out this kid was a bit vulnerable and naive mm-hmm. and then created an opportunity with some sort of game <sighs> where they tested boundaries mm-hmm. to then take advantage of that environment. I see. And, and in, in this day two, they were so clever that they poisoned this child against talking to the police or social workers. So when the parent was suspicious about something being done to their child, the mm. child did not want to speak to the police or oh, the yes. social worker. Mm. So mm. parents to know that they that they target the child, for example, how are they naive? Are they needy? Are they emotional? Mm. Um, is there something that I can make this feel special about? So there's something about connecting with that child where they feel special and they trust them quickly. Hmm. Yeah, and, and it, it could be sometimes we trust our own more. Mm-hmm. And again, you know, when I do my international work, I say sometimes we don't realize that proverb about it takes a village to raise a child, that that village we don't know their agendas or their intentions. Does that make sense? Right, yeah. right. So, so we just have to be open minded when it comes to anyone with our children. Mm-hmm. So, Henry, you know, um, uh, the cost of living crisis has become a significant concern in the UK. You know, um, impacting families and children nationwide. How does this crisis contribute to putting children at risk of you know, grooming and exploitation? And in what ways can financial pressure you know, affect a child's vulnerability to grooming situation? And from your experience, what support system and you know, initiatives can be implemented to 
you know, mitigate the the risk faced by the children in economically devastated households and communities. So, so we know that children, unfortunately, in this generation, are quite. Some of them could be quite materialistic, hmm. wanting the latest iPhone, wanting the latest right, phone, right. etc. Hmm. But sometimes people can kind of get, you know, do nice things for them, hmm. do favors for them, where they feel they owe them. Hmm. So it could be something online where. For example, we know that there was a, an increase of online harm being done to children during COVID time, and in the back end of that, cost of living. So they are easily targeted because people are kind to them, I'll send you something. So whether it's TikTok or anything online with all the other different apps, they can message them individually. Mm-hmm. And we've seen some children who they can get a wish list on the, an Amazon wish list on some of their social media profiles where people can buy them things that they want. Mm-hmm. In the stand, so there's lots of things that parents wouldn't know that this child has got a, an Amazon wish list on her social media or his social media. People are now buying them clothes and they go online and thank the person. Do you understand? So we've just got to be mm-hmm. mindful of what is your child doing online? Who are they speaking to? These people come across as very genuine, nice people. Yeah. But unfortunately, you know, they've got an agenda to sometimes um, trick the child to do things and then bribe them after. Yeah. If you, yeah. you know, if you tell it, if you, if you don't do this for me, I'll tell your family. Right, and so, some yeah. of our children come from communities where it's quite taboo. Uh-huh. And then they get caught up in, I can't let my family down. Yeah. They'll be ashamed of me rather than I was tricked into doing something I didn't want to do. Uh-huh. So big thing about the cost of living is children seeing things and wanting more and not be able to afford it more and might be able to do more risks on things, but also being more vulnerable to being tricked into doing things. I see. So parents, as you mentioned, play a crucial role in protecting their children from child grooming. What steps do you recommend for educating parents about the signs and risks of grooming? And what resources or tools can be, can be provided to parents to enhance their knowledge and enable them okay. to have an open and informed conversations with their children about grooming and online safety? So I definitely would say parents in the room need to think about what is your child doing right now on social media? Do you know what platforms they follow? Instagram, whatever it is, have you got access to that account? So mm-hmm. most parents today are paying for the accounts of these children. Yet, because I do a lot of work with young people in assemblies and with schools, and when I speak to children, they're more likely to give their best friends or friends their passwords, but not their parents' passwords to their account or to their um, social media phones. That makes sense. So yeah. being aware that as a parent, we need to really raise our profile in our role in GT of care to keep them safe and keeping online. Yep. So that's definitely something we need to be aware of. I mean, There's a really good resource called Protect Young Eyes. I want to really promote that. Protect Young Eyes, if you Google it, it's an American website, but they've got um, a, um, how parents can actually put parental guidance on all of those apps that I've just, that I've just discussed. Mm-hmm. The on thing that is, website, uh, Protect Young Eyes, there's a, a Dropbox app on there. Parents can read up about all the apps the kids are using. Thing is, um, Anne-Marie, you know, in terms of um, parents controlling what their children can do and cannot, so, you know, there's always this element of does a do parents want to be too intrusive in the growth of their children as well? You know, that sometimes could be a hinderer. I uh, hear that. Yeah. I hear that. So but you know, you would you want them to grow, and you yeah. you don't want them to feel as if oh look, why are my parents always controlling or that this that whatever? So there's controlling, but then yeah. there's also safeguarding. Safeguarding. So I always yeah. say, don't get me wrong, you're not going to go through your child's phone every day, all day. Yeah. I'm just saying, the signs are, a parent goes to a child, let me look at your phone. So, you know, if the child breaks down devastated, what's on there that I shouldn't be seeing? Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah, so there's yeah. an element of parents, 
the kids the kids should know the rule that any time as your parent I can go on to you and you have to open your phone and show me what's on there. That's the rule. And if they don't follow that rule, then I'll take the phone from you. So we need to let children respect the fact that you're a child mm-hmm. and I'm your parent and I need to make sure that you're not being groomed. Exactly. So therefore, every now and then, I'm going to do a spot check on your phone with you and you've got to be transparent. Because then right. children will be more aware. That's a good one as well that I use. Indeed, mm-hmm. that's probably the right yeah. way to Yeah, definitely mm-hmm. the right way to go. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, Anne-Marie, uh, the... Uh, NSPCC Harms Bill, you know, aims to provide greater protection to uh, children online by placing legal responsibilities on tech companies to prevent and address mm-hmm. harmful contacts. So how do you see this bill impacting the fight against child grooming in the UK? So online safety bills coming in <coughs> at the same time. So this is all looking at, we've now got, um, so promoting self-harm was something also to be added and, mm-hmm. or, in, in, you know, forced, in, in encouraging violence. So these are things where the, the Internet Watch Foundation, together with the sports agencies, can do more about removing those images from online and talking the truth. But also, it's accountability. So those platforms will have more responsibility in also policing what's happening on their sites. Mm-hmm. So yeah. removing semi-nude pictures, whatever it is, but also being mindful of the kind of people who go on there and just also being aware of what's going on to them reporting to the police. So there'll be much more responsibility and accountability for the platforms who the children go on to meet people and education as well. And also report it buttons. So kids, there was some research done last year by the Children's Commissioner, Rachel D'Souza, where children don't want to report things because when they do, nothing happens. Hmm. So I know that's a big element where the platforms have now responsibility to also keep children safe online too. Mm-hmm. So, um, Anne Marie, it was uh, it was wonderful chatting to you on a subject that's uh, very important, and you know the insight that you've given us uh, it's 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 actually so beneficial. Uh, I'm speaking uh, especially as a from the perspective of a parent and uh, a child who's growing up, and uh, she she loves you know taking our mobile phones. Mm-hmm. And we need to make sure that what she's mm-hmm. what we do to, uh, we need to be monitoring that all the time as well. Definitely, so, definitely. thank you very much for no your problem, time, Anne Marie. Once again, uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you wish to contact us, the telephone number is 0208-687-7878. That's 0208-687-7878. You can also find more information about us on www.voiceofislam.co.uk or you can always tweet us at voiceofislam.co.uk. UK. Mm-hmm. So let's just carry on with the uh, discussion in regards yeah, to. I think Henry, he, he, he men- she mentions a very good point because, yeah, as you said, that it's a very thin line between you know controlling your children and safeguarding your children, because sometimes you know parents can be overprotected towards the children, yeah. and that can be very you know uh, very dangerous, especially in the mm-hmm. adolescence. It's yeah. very um, you know, you know you, they, when when they go into that age where mm-hmm. they. F- St- start feeling a bit more independent mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they don't i don't i don't know children might not uh, mm-hmm. feel very open to their parents right. becoming too intrusive in mm-hmm. their lives but the thing is what Anne marie touched upon was look mm-hmm. there's a, you could either come across as as someone that y- your your children are finding intrusive right. but right. if it's with the intentions of uh, safeguarding them there is no you know, Absolutely. there's no restrictions on that. You Absolutely. you must take whatever pre- precautions mm-hmm. there are, mm-hmm. and it's better to be uh, taking precautions rather than mm-hmm. being sorry afterwards. Uh, yeah. For instance, you know, y- you might as well take whatever necessary action that's uh, 
that's needed. So, uh, Internet Watch Foundation, IWF Chief Executive Susie Hargreaves said, uh, parents must know the dangers and have open and frank discussions with their children. Even one good quality conversation can help prevent this mm-hmm. sort of continuing. Um, so yeah, once again, we, uh, you know, this this point here is also emphasizing on uh, the importance of uh, get, uh, getting in touch with your children <laughs> and not being mm-hmm. afraid about it. But yeah, you should be in a more frank and many they they should be mm. able to trust mm. you absolutely so you know i just want to mention some of these statistics on child grooming in the uk so you know statistics on child grooming in the uk are deeply concerning and uh, you know according to the uh, to the national uh, society of the prevention of you know cruelty to children nspcc uh, there has been a dramatic increase in the recorded offence related to child grooming over the past year. So I think we'll have a guest. So uh, uh, yeah. we'll go we'll go with them and then we'll carry on about the statistics. So as you've mentioned rightly, mm-hmm. the guest we have right now is Tom Squire, mm-hmm. clinical manager from Luthi, uh, Lucy Faithful. The mm-hmm. Lucy Faithful Foundation is the only UK-wide child protection charity dedicated solely to preventing child ab- uh, t- to preventing child sexual abuse so welcome tom uh, to our uh, voice of islam drive time show thank you very much um so tom can you provide an overview of the work carried out by the lucy faithful foundation in the field of preventing child sexual abuse and supporting victims yes well as you said in your introduction the lucy faithful foundation is exclusively focused on the prevention of child sexual abuse. So our vision is of a society in which no children are sexually abused. Uh, We've been going since 1992, um, and we provide a range of services to professionals, but also to the public. And my guess is that your listeners will be most interested in our Stop It Now helpline, which is available for members of the public to call in confidence and anonymously if they have any concerns about a child being sexually abused or if they're concerned that another adult might be presenting a risk of sexual abuse to a child or indeed if they themselves are worried about their own sexual thoughts, feelings or behaviour towards children. Mm-hmm. I and see. So we, I see. Yes, yes, Tom? Well, we, we receive uh, well over a thousand calls every month uh, from people, oh. uh, you know, from those caller categories, including two from uh, victims and survivors of sexual abuse. Mm-hmm. And we provide them with support and guidance uh, and information to help them come up with a plan to deal with whatever their concerns might be um, in relation to child sexual abuse. The thing um, is, uh, well, I have a question in regards to this, Tom. Um, you know, when you mentioned that you can uh, send in your uh, you you can call in anonymously now there is um there are loads of things that people notice um and they are worried that look i believe that this this person could be a predator or this person could be doing something which could harm someone else uh, of a of a more vulnerable state um but i'm too i'm not sure whether um i should you know I don't want to make an allegation. I have no proof about this. Um, you know, where is the? Um, wh- what are the signs really that makes you make that you believe should be something that you, if someone sees this in someone else, you know, they should they should definitely report it to um, the helpline. 
Well, that's a really good point. And uh, if people call us, stop it now, help blind on 0808 1900, then, then we'll talk to them about their concerns. Yeah. And we might well talk to them about the warning signs of child sexual abuse that they may be picking up on. Yeah. And that might be about a child's behavior uh, or changes in a child's uh, kind of personality, their likes and dislikes. Yeah. Uh, or it might be about concerns about someone else's behavior that they seem like they're being overly tactile or yeah. overly affectionate towards a child or um, not displaying any kind of respect for their privacy and being kind of um, insensitive to, to the, the, the child's feelings about them and perhaps kind of wanting to, you know, taking too much interest in their, their sexual development perhaps with older children. Yeah. So if people have those concerns, we want them to know that they can talk to us in confidence Hmm. We can direct them to our online resources where there's a wealth of information on our Stop It Now website. And then we can help them think about who it is that they need to speak to in order to address that situation. So it might be other members of their family, or it might be to speak to a friend, or it might be to speak to their doctor, or perhaps a teacher at their child's school, or perhaps it might be to contact the police. Hmm. But, but our aim is to let people know that there's a a confidential place that they can they can come to our Stop It Now helpline and our online resources to help them think through those dilemmas and concerns so that they can think about what their next course of action needs to be. Right. So, Tom, uh, you know, if you know that some child has been groomed and, you know, um, that uh, it can be very devastating for, uh, for, the, for, for his or her uh, mental health and upcoming life, what are the you know uh, guidelines for the parents? How they should you know treat their children uh, if they know that they have, they have been you know in this uh, scenario? Well, every situation is different, and mm-hmm. how children are affected by sexual abuse is, is different. Mm-hmm. Uh, but of course, there there are themes uh, that are widely documented through research about how children are impacted. Mm-hmm. It also, of course, depends upon who's harmed them and, mm-hmm. the, and the stage of the child's development. Right. Again, we have lots of information on our Stop It Now website about how to talk to children about your concerns. Mm-hmm. I, and I guess that the key things is to to be responsive to the child's stage of development, their understanding and their feelings, uh, to make sure that children know that we as carers and parents are available to support them. And then critically, if people have concerns about that their child's been harmed, or perhaps they know that and they're concerned about how their child's coping with that experience, is to seek help from the relevant professionals. So it might be to speak to their doctor, it might be to contact the child's school, or it might be to contact children's services if they feel that they need professional support for their child to to help them recover from that experience and move forward as as a family. So, Tom, it was uh, wonderful to have you on our uh, Drive Time show today and the information you've shared, especially in regards to the uh, helpline, mm-hmm. is is very useful and uh, we hope and we wish the best of luck to you and your organisation for the future. Thank you very much. Thank, thank you for the opportunity to, to raise awareness mm-hmm. about the Stop It Now helpline and our work. No, no issues at all, sir. Thank you. Once again... Once again, if you wish to contact us, it's 0208-687-7878 or you can tweet us at Voice of Islam UK. So um, what are the yeah. Islamic teachings and uh, and child protection? Absolutely. So, you know, um, Islamic teaching regarding, you know, uh, child protection. So Islam teaches 
and emphasize the protection and welfare of children. So Islam placed great importance on safeguarding the rights and well-being of young individuals. So the, you know, uh, the religion, it condemns any form of child abuse or exploitations, including child grooming. And uh, Islamic teaching emphasized the responsibility of parents and communities and leaders, religious leaders, to ensure the safety and protection of the children. So Islamic principles are, you know, uh, Islamic principle also encourage open communication with families and communities, promoting an environment in which, you know, child feel comfortable sharing their concern and seeking, uh, you know, um, seeking support. So um, the Holy Prophet, as I mentioned before, the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, encourage parents to instill good manners and moral values in their children. And that's way that that's how you can, you know, uh, discern, you know, you give the moral compass to the children, and that's how you can discern right from the wrong, and uh, you know, reducing their uh, vulnerabilities to potential groomers. So, uh, and if, uh, and obviously, the Holy Prophet peace and blessings of Allah be upon him also advised parents to actively, actively guide and supervise uh, their children, and this include, you know, being aware of their activities, friends, and also. You know their interaction, online interaction. Uh, it is very important that you know um, um, parents they should not let uh, their children choose their friend. They should tell them that what are the good qualities and bad qualities of a friend, and that's how you can you know uh, prevent uh, the, the, this this situation. Um, yeah, and I think very soon we'll be speaking to an Islamic expert on mm -hmm. this subject as well. Um, you know, before we go into the conclusion. Uh, what do you think, um, you know, uh, in regards to our own community, for instance, uh, we have to deal with lots of uh, children uh, for their spiritual uh, training and upbringing. Um, you know, what are the safeguarding uh, precautions which you've noticed that the, we, we take uh, as we take them very mm -hmm. seriously? Mm -hmm. uh, what are some, some of those? I think uh, in our community as well, we have safeguarding courses. Uh, we have a, a safeguarding instructor. So they, they the have safeguarding infrastructure, infrastructure is, is there. Yeah. And, uh, you know, um, where I'm come from in my in my, you know, uh, society, yeah. um, they have this uh, special um, uh, people who are in uh, well educated in this uh, matter. And they come and they speak about, you know, how parent can prevent uh, the danger of uh, from coming. And also we uh, inculcate the, you know, uh, moral values in the children. And that's how I think we can fight against this. That's brilliant. Mm -hmm. um, so we have a, a missionary of the community, Faraz Yasin Rabban Sahib, on, uh, with us right now. So, uh, Asalaamu Alaikum, peace and blessings be upon you, uh, Faraz Sahib. Uh, welcome to the Drive Time Show. Um, so from an Islamic standpoint, what are the core principles and teachings that guide parents in safeguarding their children from potential grooming and exploitation? So, uh, the first thing that is very important and pertinent relating to the question you asked is the bond that the parents themselves have with the child. And when you talk about the Islamic perception, when a child is born, the first thing that the parents are taught in Islam are to say the azan in his right ear and the ikama in the left ear. That is to tell the parents that this moment begins the training of your child. Mm -hmm. And how would you how would you begin the training of your child? It's by training your own selves. 
And this is very, very clear and categorical in the Holy Quran that you and your spouse, you are like a field of where, where someone would farm. So you reap what you sow. The first point of reference for the kids are the parents themselves. If your home is one with peace, the first few years of the child would be spent when his skills, his cognitive, his emotional and, and social skills are developing, his brain circuit is being mapped out. He's seeing love, he's seeing soft-spokenness, and these are the attributes. Because when you read the books of psychologists and psychiatrists, they always go and center on one point, which is childhood trauma, childhood issues. So the environment the parents, the father and the mother would provide a home mm -hmm. would play the biggest role in the, the life that person would live. There are definitely exceptions to it, but exceptions don't make the rule. And what you give your child in his childhood is what he would reflect in his adulthood. That's why I'm saying that if you want to train your child, right. you need to train yourselves. Mm -hmm. So as far as how can parents, you know, educate their children about the concept of modesty and empower them to protect themselves from potential grooming uh, situations? Yeah, there, is, there is this misconception in some of the Islamic world that no-go areas and it's a complete no-no when some of these topics like modesty and uh, sexual orientation comes up. But the Holy Quran is a point of reference for the, for the Muslims and the hadith of the Holy Prophet, the narrations of the Holy Prophet. And if the Holy Quran speaks about such topics, if the Holy Quran and the, the, the Prophet of Islam, mm -hmm. the opponents, speak on these topics, that is... That should tell you that you being parents, you have to speak yes. In that limits of modesty, you cannot go and speak in a vile language to your child, but it comes down to being a friend. That person, that child would feel comfortable with you only if you treat him like your friend. Right. Not like your friend, you should make him your friend. If he is your friend, then you converse with him just like a friend does with another. And through that, you would be imparting knowledge into him that he needs to know without him feeling uncomfortable as well. Okay, so what advice does Islam offer to parents regarding protecting their children from online harm? Are there any specific Islamic teachings that can guide parents in promoting responsible digital behavior and online safety? Yeah, there is there's a verse of the Holy Quran which says, and it addresses <coughs> the prophets of Islam, that if you were hard-spoken, if you were rude to the people, they would not come close to you. And this is a baseline on how you should treat people and especially your children. Now, your child, you are that shield between your child and that one click away he is from going astray, in other words. Mm -hmm. You need to stay with him as a friend because the other Quran says if you're not soft-spoken, they would just abandon you and leave. And we see practical examples. So once you get that child in confidence, then you can speak to him. And this is why Islam has and again spoken and I would just like to link this to a book of the second Khalifa of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community Minhaji Talibin The Way of the Seekers that book is 101 on parenting tips and how to train the children and mm -hmm. he's mentioned that love creates love yes. once you give that love you give that time that child will not need to go online seeking the solace of his heart seeking somebody he can speak to because he's got somebody at home who he can speak to and this is that gap that we all need to fill, that we need to provide that person, that cushion at home, that he can relate with his parents, he can relate with his mother, with his father, and that cushion would come only when we have that bond of friendship with our children.
Okay, so Jazakallah uh, for us, Sahib, for your wonderful time and your wonderful insight into this subject. Uh, we hope to see or we hope to speak to you soon in the future as well. So to conclude, uh, in terms of the child, con- uh, the child grooming. Yeah, issue. I think I think for, uh, you know for us, I was mentioned beautiful point that you should have a, a good uh, body with your children, and that will help to prevent uh, potential child grooming. And obviously, you know, uh, as he said, that um, moral training of your children is very important, and uh, you know. Um, by integrating and teaching of various communities, in, in including Islamic teaching, into you know uh, child protection initiative and collective effort can be made to create a safer environment for all children. Um, which is uh, you know the which is so pertinent mm-hmm. in today's world, and uh, we hope that this program today has uh, shed the most important uh, light as much as we can in terms of our own domain so, yeah. and uh, from an Islamic point of view. And uh, re-emphasize that Islam is a religion that uh, wants to provide protection to all uh, people who follow it, uh, not just follow it, uh, 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 and also through this teaching, uh, the entire world. Absolutely. So uh, the first hour would conclude and uh, we will now go to the news. In the name of Allah, the gracious, the merciful, uh, peace and blessings uh, be upon all our listeners once again. We are now back for the second hour of the Drive Time show. Uh, alongside me, uh, Rahman. Alongside me, we have Imran Saab. So, Imran Saab, in this uh, second hour, what are we? You know, what is the subject? So, yeah. Uh, so, in the second hour, uh, we'll discuss um, about the topic, which is, I think. Uh, very, uh, you know, have an immense uh, importance in, especially in, in today's society, and that is procrastination. And we all have experienced anxiety due to, you know, being overwhelmed. And oftentimes, this anxiety uh, leads to some form of procrastination. And uh, you know, upcoming test, a five-page essay, a job, and fulfilling religious obligation. You know, in such a situation, one can easily get, you know, scared and avoid over responsibilities altogether. But this hindering out from, you know, hindering out from over responsibilities really the healthiest and effective strategy. And is it helping or, you know, hindering uh, us with our everyday tasks? And most importantly, is there a solution? Is there a solution for this problem? So we'll be discussing in this um, upcoming, you know, in in this hour. Uh, whether you know uh, is it procrastination effective or is it really a problem so if we talk about you know uh, the procrastination firstly we must you know determine whether procrastination uh, is effective or not in order to label it as a problem as you know psychology suggests that human beings you know procrastinate out of anxiety and fear of you know something and uh, procrastination is often used as a defense mechanism to calm our minds so often people label tasks as a worry for tomorrow rather than today and to help ease their nerve from the burden of their responsibilities. So yet uh, when tomorrow comes eventually, you know, uh, roll, rolls out, their nerves and worries do not despair nor reduce. So rather, you know, increase and worsen the situation at hand. So stressing them out even more. So, you know, it's a very difficult one, you know, uh, situation. And uh, at the same time, you know, SA and Simon are awaiting us. So the only thing that has changed in the, you know, is, is the fact that there is 
now you know, you know only 24 hours less to spend working on them so that is why the holy prophet peace and blessings of allah be upon him said that you know procrastination in repaying debt by a wealthy person is injustice uh, so I think it's a very important topic. Uh, 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 if you can d- just def- uh, define for the listener what is the procrastination is, and well, I think uh, from what I understand, mm. uh, what I've always understood from procrastination mm. is um, basically uh, it's just a small cool off period uh, through your through your time as uh, through whatever your schedule is or. Uh, whether it's uh, pr- the the term often just re- reminds mm-hmm. me of mm-hmm. exams. Okay, that's what it reminds <laughs> me of. So um, it's always just a small cool off mm. period where you know you need to get your head um, out of a certain zone, mm-hmm. uh, which is uh, which can be quite overbearing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, for that, you could do uh, things such as maybe watch a movie or mm-hmm. listen to something or. Uh, read a book, maybe mm-hmm. just to take your mind off something. Um, and uh, in the in you know in, in this, uh, for instance, in this mm-hmm. uh, a subject of discussion today, I think the um, the theme generally is the worries of your life, mm-hmm. uh, procrastinating from the worries of your life. Um, right. As you mentioned earlier on, um, you know, putting something off. For instance, let's say you've got this issue of um, paying a bill. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, you need to pay. Um, and it's a it's a very experience. It could be a very expensive bill, um, and just letting it go. Oh yeah, don't worry. I'll I'll pay. I'll pay. Let me let me worry about that tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not going to worry about that today. I'm just going to be happy and enjoy myself today, mm-hmm. rather than worry about it. But that problem is still there, mm-hmm. um, and it's not gone. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's mainly that. You know, it, there's two ways to do that. So. Um, in terms of examinations, uh, procrastination could just um, could could be a way of um, it, it, unless you're you're an experienced mm-hmm. uh, student who knows how to handle their time, you know you don't want procrast- this procrastination phase mm-hmm. to uh, to over overdo itself or overstretch itself to the point where you know the amount of time that you should have given to your mm-hmm. uh, revision is being eaten up through your procrastination and uh, you know you would rather just enjoy this mm-hmm. phase of being relaxed and without stress uh, and just go into an exam and just flunk it so um, that's the that's basically you know that the, there's it's like a double-sided sword uh, mm-hmm. it's good mm-hmm. in terms of easing you easing out you. but it's it can also be something which completely uh, takes you know the, the element of the sense of responsibility right. as well. So if, if I can define the procrastination in one line, it will be, you know, uh, to, to slow or late about doing something that should be done and that is very important. So uh, as you, you, you know, uh, given the uh, exa- uh, the example of exams, you know, s- some students, they just, they want to prepare at the, you know, uh, just before the exams and they don't want to focus on their studies. Yeah. And what happened is that when exam approaches, they uh, they worry so much and th- that they haven't done something and in that in that worry they they didn't prepare at all for the exam so it's it's a fearful thing and they you know it's a uh, it's a easy way of out you know some people they just uh, don't want to address the important issue and rather they um, <laughs> indulge in easy activities and then when the task comes and they they, they panic and you know yeah. Uh, that's how, and uh, the, you know these. It's 
you realize it afterwards. Uh, mm. you, it's, who, who's who's at loss? Uh, mm. let, let's say we're, we're talking from an exam point of mm. view. Mm. Who's at loss uh, in terms of you know if you've um, if you've pro- <laughs> if you've just taken it too lightly uh-huh. in the future, you realize afterwards that you know it was your loss. Um, so um, you know we could only advise our listeners, especially um, people who are. Mm students or who are going through some sort of like uh, studies in their lives or mm-hmm. um to make sure that you know um the these are these are valuable moments of their of their careers or of their of their lives and uh, procrastination is definitely important mm-hmm. uh you you know you, you it it is uh, a, a form of uh, helping with mental health right. i would say it is a form of uh, helping with mental mm-hmm. health as well okay. So it is important to make sure that you are mentally uh, in the right frame of mind mm-hmm. to 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 take take to take on any mm-hmm. task in mm-hmm. your life. But yes, you need to make sure that you also draw a line between uh, the remaining lazy or right. and uh, being proactive as well. I for think the right it's time. a very important. Yeah, you know, you you said that you know it's very important to remaining uh, you know proactive, and many times our responsibilities are connected to other people as well. Uh, you know, uh, as well as, uh, you know, ourselves, uh, for example, our families often await any, you know, uh, precious time yeah. uh, that we can spend with them. And yet, you know, procrastination often leads to non-productivity yeah. and leads to endless hours spent away from our beloved ones and uh, in numerous attempts of fulfilling our responsibilities. So the time we could have spent with our families had proc- procrastination uh, not, uh, you know, occurred is now being spent attempting to finish our tasks. So, you know, committing justice towards not just ourselves, but to many around us. Of course, you know, assuming responsibility is a, is, assuming responsibility uh, in any, you know, regard is a difficult and, and courageous task. And uh, avoiding our worries and uh, taking the easy way out is often viewed as optimal. Uh, but, you know, uh, this uh, ease and, you know, temporary satisfying route can become addictive very easily, which is where this problem becomes, you know, much more serious and harder to let go. So um, I think uh, uh, if we talk about the causes and uh, roots of the procrastination, uh, what are the, you know, root cause of the procrastination if you? Well, well, just as any other problem, to truly understand and solve the problem of procrastination, mm-hmm. one must uh, understand its root causes mm-hmm. um so you're 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 basically asking me to um, explain what <laughs> they are and one of the most commonly known causes for procrastination lies in anxiety uh and fear mm-hmm. but before we go into that mm-hmm. uh, let's we have adela shika co-founder of procrastination.com she provides companies with science-backed tools to increase performance understanding and well-being she has over 20 years of experience across four continents and helps maximize uh, the team's potential. So welcome, Adela, to uh, the Voice of Islam show. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> no, it's no problem at all. Uh, we're currently going through the second hour of the drive time. And uh, can you explain what what's extrinsic, intrinsic or goal motivation and which is the most effective in terms of avoiding procrastination and achieving our goals? For sure. Well, it's a very easy explanation. The more motivated you are, the less you procrastinate. Mm-hmm. But very strangely, not all types of motivations 
are the correct ones. And so you've probably heard of the extrinsic motivation. That's your carrot and the stick when you do something just from paycheck to paycheck when something is reward and punishment. A lot of the time we have less dopamine, we're less happy, we have lower brain functions and poor memory and poor learning capacity. And then somebody said, okay, let's, let's make it different. Let's focus on having goal-based motivation, meaning what we're going to think inside, but we're going to look for goals. I'm, I'm sure you've heard from some gurus about how you should put a picture of a car on your desktop or mm-hmm. some skinny model on your fridge, and you just reach for the goal. But what happens, the moment you reach the goal, you're happy for a very short time, but then the happiness deceives you. You have something that we called it hedonic-based uh, uh, sort of adaptation. You're adapted to the goal and you want more. So you get a better car, then you have the car, you work, work again, you get a better car, then you work again, you get a better car. Mm-hmm. It's, it's never ending. So what mm-hmm. happens, you're really getting addicted to this joy of getting something. That's the consumerism in today's mm-hmm. age. Mm-hmm. And so what we're trying to explain to people and, and what science backs us with is that we need to focus on something called the intrinsic journey-based motivation. Right. A very easy way is to say the path is a destination. Mm-hmm. So instead of focusing on the goals, you actually concentrate on the activities that you like to do, that they have meaning, that they have purpose, they have values. And thanks to this, the hedonic adaptation is overcome, and it actually allows you to be happy in the process and in the long term doing something that's really meaningful for you. And as a reminder, on the daily basis, that helps you to overcome procrastination in the long term. Right. So, Lila, uh, you mentioned how having too much you know, responsibilities can sometimes be overwhelming. And, uh, you know, uh, can the support of other help us in overcoming this riddle to achieving our goals? Of course, of course. The mm-hmm. the support of your close ones, of your society, of your community, of the people around you, when there is something hard and you can share that, that's the most amazing thing you can have. That's why we always tell people that the most important thing is not to always do the best and do everything perfectly and on time. It's important to be kind to yourself, to understand mm-hmm. that things take time. And moreover, if you have enough and if everything is okay in your, in your life, to lend a helping hand to somebody else. Maybe they're struggling with their time management. Maybe they're having too much. Maybe life is not so kind to them. So that's the moment where you're okay to help others. I always say like it's in the airplane, you know, first put the mask on you mm-hmm. and then help others. So make sure that you're doing the best for your right. life, you're living by values and then help others. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Rila, uh, how do you answer the question that we work better under pressure? <laughs> I always get asked that if, you know, I work so good when I'm under pressure, when the deadline <laughs> is tomorrow, I do my best job. Well, you might do that for the short period of time, but there is so much of the bad um, cortisol, the, the chemical in your brain that's mm-hmm. actually making you tired, making you exhausted. And you talked about exam uh, when I was listening mm-hmm. to the radio. That's exactly it. If you would have prepared mm-hmm. over a week or over a month, you would ace it. But even if you do the best, the best last minute, the, the easiest thing you can get is B, B plus, you know. So it's, it's really important to understand that if you separate the task into the time allocated, if you do it in advance, you're rewarded with so much better chemicals in your brain, like dopamine, your serotonin, you're happy, mm-hmm. but you're not stressed. The stress is really, it's just making you push too hard over the line that you should not be pushing over. 
Right. So, uh, uh, Adila, I've, I've seen some, because I, I myself was a student, and I've seen uh, some people, especially some students, uh, they don't prepare for the exam. And then uh, when exam, you know, <laughs> ultimately approach, uh, they worry so much. And then at the end, you know, they failing, fail, they fail the exams and they don't realize that, uh, you know, they have this habit. So how can, what advice should you give these kind of students and these kind of persons? Well, first of all, obviously, learn from learn from your mistakes. Mm-hmm. We all have to. Mm-hmm. But I think that it's most important to focus, especially when you're a student or when you have something to do, to focus on a micro habits, not to say, okay, today I'm going to learn half of the book. No, just maybe write down, I'm going to learn, I'm going to learn one chapter. Or I'm mm-hmm. going to read two paragraphs and then do a little bit in the afternoon, step mm-hmm. by step, because our brain really needs more time to learn habits. Like now you brush your teeth twice a day or three times, most probably, or I hope so. Right. You've learned that. That was a habit. You had mm. to do it repetitively to just become click and every day for you. And so the same thing is with overcoming procrastination, learning habits step-by-step, step, taking a colder shower, taking your time to um, have a daily appreciation, um, you know, reading things, preparing. This all takes small habits step-by-step. And we have a great tool called the habit list that I always suggest to people do something over a 30 day period that's going to stick with you for the rest of your life. Mm. Well, you know, when you discuss these kind of things with the people in their defense, they said that they are like that. They cannot, you know, um, uh, done work like um, much, much before they, they wanted to do it at the last minute. So what you should say to them? Well, yeah, I would again say really make sure that you plan ahead. Uh-huh. The time management is not an overall answer to procrastination, but getting better at time management is always a good step. For right. example, taking things one at a time, having a maximum of the three priorities. But what I think is important, especially at least when that worked when I was a student, mm-hmm. is to hold yourself accountable. Say, okay. hey, I'm, I'm going to promise myself I'm going to do this. And maybe even reach out to your friends that what social networks should be for mm-hmm. uh, these days. Maybe say somebody, hey, we're going to read for 30 minutes and then we can have a group chat or a call or we can watch a TV series. I don't necessarily love this doing something and then rewarding yourself for that mm-hmm. but in the process of learning this can be a good thing you know a little snack or a little a little episode of something but just one okay not binge watching the whole series <laughs> <laughs> yeah so Lila, how should you know one overcome the cycle of procrastination after failure you know it's a big big thing to you know some some sometimes you know student fail and they said they cannot overcome it and they do this repeating end up repeating the same cycle it's it's a really vicious cycle and mm-hmm. i think that the answer here should be really being kind to yourself and first of all acknowledging the fact that you failed it's okay to fail we all do um mm-hmm. even even us older older people we can acknowledge we all fail we're not the all wisdomists <laughs> <laughs> but the mm-hmm. most important thing is to then say okay i failed why was this mm-hmm. what is it that i don't want to repeat over again or where where was my failure what can i do in order for this not to happen and what can be the steps that i should take huh. and i think that this idea of just slowly focusing on something positive like positive journaling or every day before going to bed just say three things that you're grateful for mm-hmm. it has a sense it has a meaning because we need to learn to generally be kinder to ourselves and i right. think that if you if you do this in a, in the long term you'll find that you're more attentive you're actually more productive mm-hmm. so the you know um, is time management uh, an effective strategy or uh, on overcoming procrastination 
Uh, a million dollar question. <laughs> yes, yes, and, and no. It's not the all answer answer. Of course, if you have a perfect time management and you have zero motivation or zero purpose, it, the, the procrastination is going to sneak in. Mm-hmm. But definitely time management to understand how long things take, what should be our priorities. Or for example, doing the hardest thing straight right in the morning, that's a great thing that helps in the long term because okay. we have a tendency to postpone things we don't want to do mm-hmm. and then we think that we're going to do them, you know, before lunch. Oh, no, wait, after lunch. Okay, mm-hmm. before before I go home yeah. from work and then, you know, week, two weeks pass by and we don't do them. So be brave, do the hardest thing first thing in the morning and you'll see that's gonna that's really going to help. That's my one time management mastery thing to do and I really try to do it myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you once again, Adila, for being a guest on our show. And uh, uh, the information you've provided has been uh, highly uh, valuable for for our audience. So once again, thank you, Adila, and hope to have you soon. Thank you so much, and thank you for the radio. It was really lovely listening mm. in. So have a beautiful evening. You too. Thank you, too. you. Thank you. For- so to contact us, uh, you can do so on www.voiceofislam.co.uk or you can call in on 0208-687-7878 that's 0208-687-7878 or you can also tweet us at voiceofislam.co.uk so um, I was discussing the you know root causes and the of the procrastination and what causes uh, you know procrastination so uh, well, you know, just as uh, with any other problem, uh, to you know, to truly understand and solve the problem of procrastination, one must understand its root causes. And uh, one of the most commonly known causes of procrastination lies in anxiety and fear. And you know, this fear might, you know, uh, raise as being you know uh, fearful of fi- fearful of failure or you know incompetence. For instance, a student might be afraid that despite studying he won't be able to you know pass his exam his or her exam and hence he won't study so uh, and you know on the other hand of the you know on on the other end of the spectrum uh, he might not be able to study to the best of his ability so despite the fact that procrastination is often done to you know reduce anxiety procrastination severely deteriorates our mental health and increase you know, stress and anxiety. For instance, one of the most common forms of procrastination is spending our time on, you know, our cell phones. So when we have endless, you know, assignments due, using our phones to, you know, supposedly calm our mind is what we give precedence to our assignments. And however, you know, when we get off our phones, phones eventually those assignments due dates are still hunting us just as you know, uh, just severely, yet more likely than not. So procrastination does not, you know, solely affect our worldly endeavors. Oftentimes, procrastination also, you know, ignore uh, their duty towards their faith. For instance, Islam stresses the importance of, you know, performing five daily prayers on time. So worldly endeavors also often becomes a source of procrastination and hindrance in our religious duties. These are some of the, you know, root causes of the procrastination and uh, while explaining uh, uh, the procrastination uh, the promised messiah wasalam, uh, peace be and blessings of Allah be upon him said that laziness uh, only occurs when a person does not know the importance of salat and he gives more importance to someone other than Allah if he has complete faith in Allah 
then how it is possible that he displays laziness? Now, this quote can also be applied for our, you know, fears we have towards our worldly uh, responsibilities, going back to the example of the stressed student. So, you know, um, as with uh, our endeavors, God promised to bless our work. Uh, uh, given that we put, uh, we have put in effort. We're mm. going to uh, go to our next guest. Thank mm. you for this very, um, mm. you know, wonderful explanation on the um, subject of procrastination and some of its root causes. Mm. So the guest that we have now is uh, Marco. I hope it, I hope I pronounce his name surname well. Mm-hmm. Matis Matiasovic, founder of Marco.com, performance-based uh, growth strategist, helps improve businesses. <laughs> So the first question that I have for Marco is that in your article, you wrote that procrastination not only has a negative effect on the individual, but can also, but also on those around them. Can you elaborate for, further on that, Marco? Well, you see, when you procrastinate, you are also impacting other people uh, to have lower tr- threshold or lower standards for themselves. That means... If you avoid doing the tasks, uh, other people will notice that. And that will not be good for you because the tasks will not be completed. But also other people will see that they can also avoid doing specific things in a specific, specific amount of time. So that's why if you procrastinate, you are impacting other people as well. And uh, you wrote that procrastination creates a downward spiral of growth entropy what steps can people take to break out of this downward spiral so to break the downward spiral basically it comes down to understanding your emotions a bit more Uh, to understand your emotions a a bit more you actually need to be very honest with yourself and no one can tell you what uh, you need to focus on first because deep down you will know what you need to focus on first is if you sit down with yourself and contemplate what you are avoiding to face with or what you are avoiding to do. Uh, So my uh, suggestion is to imagine uh, yourself watching yourself from the balcony so that you're objectively seeing your current situation Mm -hmm. and noticing emotions that you are suppressing. Because these emotions are creating, this is basically like a root cause of procrastination, a root cause of creating this downward spiral. To face these emotions or to improve the situation, you should focus on the person or ideal person that you can be that is doing the actions that will help you to improve emotional state because if you are thinking about improving emotional state nothing will happen but Uh if you are acting doing things then you are changing your emotional state and then you are breaking that downward spiral i see so you mentioned types of passive and active consumption in your article could you please elaborate marco Well, passive consumption is basically like you're in the loop, constantly consuming things, and that is one part of downward spiral. Uh, This is something that can become a very strong habit that you will notice 
over and over it can be like five years 10 years and more that you're doing the same thing over and over again even though that you are no, that you know that it is not good for you and you are still doing it it's when you're for example passively consume negative information online where you go to for example youtube and consume passively some information i see just to fill in the gap of time to avoid Mm-hmm. So, uh, can you explain for our listeners why you say that self-reflection is crucial to defeating procrastination? Well, self-reflection is important, again, because it will help us to understand our emotions. Because emotions are manifesting your thoughts. And your thoughts or your perception of the world is manifesting or creating set of actions that you will take throughout the day. Mm-hmm. So the root cause is again the emotional state. And when you take time to self-reflect on what blockage you are avoiding to face and mm-hmm. to change yourself so that you don't have this set of emotions suppressed, then when you eliminate that, when you are self-reflect it will not be basically like a boogeyman it will not be an incognito thing because now you're shining a light on that okay so what is the most effective ways to self-reflect is it meditation journaling for instance and the best way to self do a self-reflection is in personal uh, case is meditation but Uh i know people that journal i know people that that are doing prayer i know people that are going for a walk Um, it's it does not actually it does not matter what kind of self-reflection technique you will do it needs to be something that you can dedicate time so that you are on your own with your own thoughts Mm -hmm. and it will take you about 10 minutes per day to get into the groove so that you focus on noticing emotion that is bubbling up and then it is going down it is being suppressed again i see it's either a fear lack of love or something else that we are afraid to challenge and that's why we are procrastinating on other things because that root thing is not solved. I see. So you mentioned getting organized to help slow down the progress. How can one make this a habit uh, in an already packed and busy schedule? One very common thing that I have uh, noticed with other people when they send me a message is they say that they have a busy schedule and they cannot slow down or they don't or they cannot have time for self-reflection. when you say that actually that means that you really need to focus on uh, self-reflection that means that you are simply avoiding to have 10 minutes with yourself it's very important i mean if something is vital and understanding your emotions is vital you will find time it can be in the morning it can be at the evening it can be when you are going back from work but there needs to be a consistent 
habit of 10 minutes every single day for self-reflection. I want to summarize all of this. Procrastination is generated because we are avoiding to face some suppressed emotions. If you don't have problems with criticism, for example, you will not procrastinate. There is something deep inside of you that you are avoiding to face, and that's why you procrastinate. There are a thousand and one techniques that you can do for avoiding or solving procrastination, but most of them are focused on mechanical step one, two, and three solutions that will not help you in the long term. Because ultimately, it comes down to understanding what is stopping you emotionally. And when you face that, you will be able to break through that problem, emotional problem. You will understand it and then it will not be a boogeyman. And then procrastination will not be a problem in that area. So hopefully this was helpful and wish you all the best. Bye. Uh, thank you for your time, uh, Marco. And yes, indeed, it was very helpful. Um, in fact, it was very uh, wonderfully and eloquently explained as well. So if you want to, as I would like to remind you, uh, if you would like to contact us, you can always do so on www.voiceofislam.co.uk. Uh, you could also call in on 0208 687-7878 that's 0208 687-7878 or you can always tweet us at voice of islam dot uh, voice of islam uk so uh, let's carry on with the mm. uh, subject of the root causes as uh, before we went into yeah. the telephone call. so uh, i was mentioning the root causes of procrastination and you know the procrastination often becomes the you know a primary reason for negligence towards our duties we owe to God Almighty as well. So while explaining procrastination and laziness, uh, uh, you know, when laziness occurs, the Promised Messiah, peace and blessings be upon him, said that laziness only occurs when a person does not know the importance of Salat and he gives more importance to someone other than Allah. If he has complete faith in Allah, then how it is possible then that he delays? laziness so this quote can you know also be applied to our fears we have towards our worldly responsibilities and going back to the example of the you know stressed student as with our you know other endeavors uh, god promises you know promise uh, uh, us to you know bless our works given that we have put in efforts so we have been taught from an early age as a muslim that allah helps us as long as we put up, you know, put forth uh, the significant efforts. Of course, God does not help someone who, you know, does not wish to help himself. For example, if, uh, you know, one were to lose something, it is much more likely for them to sit aside and, you know, give up ever finding it. Rather, an individual would try their best looking for it and while reciting their prayer. So with the hope and belief that the lost item will eventually be found, it is simply logical to con you know conclude that we can sit around you know we, we can sit around and pray for for that thing to show up and we realize that in order to find something we have to put forth effort 
alongside praying for the lost item to be found. So these are just some of the blessings of Allah the Almighty. We are depriving ourselves from a lack of effort. Not only we are you know, lacking such blessing in our life, we are also striving towards a defined line between faith and polytheism. So in scenarios where we are afraid of putting forth effort, you know, putting, putting forth effort out of fear or failure, or because of the notion that our efforts won't be getting us anywhere, we are questioning God's promises and authority. And God has told us to put forth our best efforts, and the rest is in His hand. Yet, despite this beautiful promise, you know, out of our human fears, we fail into a uh, we fell into a you know fearful state, questioning God's authority. So, as long as we are you know continuing praying for this blessing and put forth our best efforts, then it is not you know sensible to continue uh, worrying for the you know worrying for the outcome. So, you know, all of this thing, it just shows that uh, one of the root causes of, you know, procrastination is fear. But if we look deeply towards this, to this, this problem, Allah the Almighty has promised in the Holy Quran that, you know, لَيْسَ insani لَمَاسَعَ yeah. That the man will have nothing but what he strives for. Right. So he has promised in the Holy Quran that if you, put enough effort and pray, then God Almighty mighty will going to help you and you will be successful. But your efforts will be blessed, yes. Your, mm -hmm. your efforts um, are not going to be, go they won't go unfruitful. So, um, and then in the sense of if you're making an effort to gain something which everyone else wants to gain, so it's, it could be one thing, for instance, um, there is no, there is no pain in losing that thing as mm -hmm. long as you know Mm -hmm. that you have put your best efforts in to gain that. So let's say there is a tournament. Right. It could be a football tournament, it could be a cricket tournament, mm -hmm. could be a snooker tournament, for instance, right? And, uh, you know, the, the the winner is, you know, is, is it, he, he, there's, there can only be one champion, right? right? Right. So to become that one champion of anything, uh, you, will ha you will have to put in uh, the effort and you know your natural talent won't necessarily take you there right some people might believe their natural mm -hmm. talent can mm -hmm. but there has to be an effort uh, on your behalf mm -hmm. now um, if you put in the effort mm -hmm. let's say you put in the hard work the hard yards the preparation that's required mm -hmm. to gain uh, the number one position mm -hmm. but you lose to a person who has also made a similar sort of effort or maybe they got it through luck or whatever mm. but losing isn't going to be as painful um, due to the fact that you at least did everything in your power right. to be ready for it so this is basically the point that you're mm -hmm. drawing towards mm -hmm. you know uh, and in terms of what God Almighty wants from us you know mm. it's um, y your effort to become to, to, to get the best uh, should not ever lack um, Absolutely, I think we cannot just become lazy uh, to the fact that you know uh, because we cannot do this task, we're not going to you know succeed in this task. That's why we don't, yeah. we're not going to put any effort. Yeah. There's a very famous uh, you know incident uh, when Bedouin you know he came to the Holy Prophet yeah. and um, uh, he he didn't tie his uh, his camel, camel yeah. and camel and uh, went to the mosque and asked some questions to the Holy Prophet and when he uh, came back his animal wasn't there 
So he 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 went to the Holy Prophet Sallam again, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, and said that you know, uh, O Prophet of Allah, you you told me to trust in God. I trust in God, and now my and you know my camel is lost. So the Holy Prophet Sallam Sallam beautiful you know beautifully answered that iqil summa tawakkil that first tie the note and then trust in God Almighty. So you have to put some kind of effort. And God Almighty, as as I mentioned, promised that He's not going to waste your efforts. He's, yeah. He 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 promised us la isalil insani lamasa that uh, the man will have nothing but he what he strives for. And uh, in another uh, verse of the Holy Quran, Allah the Almighty states that uh, you know, faizazam ta fatawakkal Allah. When you have done enough enough effort, and uh, you know you're determined, then put your trust in Allah. So you know it's just. Doing your best and then praying to God, and that is the true, true you know, true point which, uh, which you know, Holy Quran mentions that uh, you know you don't you don't need to be a fear that I'm going to fail anyway. That's why I'm not going to put any effort. Or you just became lazy to the fact that you know um, this this job or I cannot do this job. Allah Almighty said that you always have to try, and then rest is in Allah's hand. So, so what do you would you advise? Uh, let's say, for instance, there are students who have got a really tough exam coming up. You know, you we've, we've been through it ourselves, um, mm. and there's there's certain exams where a person just thinks, you know what, I'm I'm gonna I'm not yeah. gonna pass it anyways. Mm-hmm. So, I'm not even gonna bother to make an effort to revise for it. So mm-hmm. I might as well just um, just enjoy my time. Mm-hmm. What kind of advice would you give to those people? In, I think in, in line with yeah. this advice of uh, Islam and how, it, how to deal with procrastination. I think you know. Um, I was uh, the thing is the the student they fear that they're going to actually fail. So what's the point of trying? But when we look to the bigger picture, don't just see the long journey. Just see the small steps. Just take the small step. What what's the next step? What's the next step? So uh, I wouldn't you know uh, say. That, so the students who you know just don't prepare out of fearing, I would just suggest them that you know take baby steps. Uh, instead of you know doing the last minute things, take baby steps and prepare throughout the whole year. And then this is this is the point which I was mentioning before that put your best effort, and then obviously pray. Pray is the key to God Almighty. Uh, pray pray is the key to you know to success. So I would recommend to those students uh, who fear. That you know, uh, don't do not you know uh, let the task uh, do at the you know at just before exam. Do um, for example, if you are preparing for for some subjects which you are in week, so frequently you know uh, frequently um, have some mock test or something like that. Prepare well, and then obviously rest is in the hand of uh, Allah Taala. Yeah, mm. um, mock tests or for instance, uh, just to maybe help with this as well um, take what you can as well mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. Uh, it's better to take something rather than nothing okay mm-hmm. uh, work towards your strengths right you know what is your strength um, go for that. Mm-hmm. That, that that's something I would probably say as well so right. um, you know for instance if you're good at something uh, maybe memorizing mm-hmm. memorizing paragraphs mm-hmm. so some people might be good at that some people mm-hmm. might not be or if you're, if if for instance you are good at expressing yourself mm-hmm. um, verbally or even through your writings, mm-hmm. 
you know, uh, just work towards whatever is is uh, it works for you, mm-hmm. and uh, do not just throw in the towel. Right. Yeah, that's huh. that's something I would also say to mm-hmm. um, people, you know, who have. Um, to go through some mm-hmm. difficult trials as such as well that in for example exams or anything but right. n- never truly throw in the never try try not to throw in the towel mm-hmm. I wouldn't mm-hmm. say never do it because you never know what people are going through mm-hmm. so um, so I think uh, uh, when I was uh, you know studying this topic uh, if if someone has this problem of procrastination if the environment is helpful because the most of the most of the you know time uh, a person does not want you to uh, do a certain task um, because he thinks that he's going to fail anyway. But if the people around that person are very helpful to them and encourage that person who has this problem, then, uh, you know, uh, that will certainly help that individual. So I think it's very uh, important uh, if, you know, if, the, for example, parents know that their their uh, children is struggling from this specific problem then they should encourage their children uh, you know their children and uh, you know encourage has a very uh, encourage you know encouraging their children has a very good and positive effect on their on their uh, you know uh, uh, looking towards a specific task so uh, you know that is why uh, you should uh, you know th- um, hang around those people who encourage you and not you know uh, just you know let it down let you down and that you cannot do this talk or you know so hang around mm-hmm. you're saying company makes a big difference yeah, in terms yes. of procrastination yes, as well yeah. so people who uplift you mm. uh, people who bring you uh, who, who bring energy mm. into your life mm. uh, you should try to uh, associate with them right and try to uh, avoid those who are you know bringing you down mm. bringing your energy down some well this is actually a very interesting mm. uh, way of seeing it as well because um you might want to be uh in the company of someone who uh is going to lift you but i've also come across people mm-hmm. who even in these circumstances they would rather be um they would rather be on their own on, okay. yeah they 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 are they are on a mission you could say mm-hmm. to achieve something okay and uh they don't want anyone to uh you know to 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 either tag along or mm-hmm. they don't want to let anyone in mm-hmm. uh, on their on their in in the pursuit of their goal so it's an important you know it's a, it's actually a very good point mm-hmm. that pro- mm-hmm. um a company obviously mm-hmm. has an effect Fact, yeah. but um some people might not mm. uh, enjoy that do you, do you see uh, my yeah, yeah. Uh, obviously yeah, yeah i i mean um you you're right but some people uh, you know want uh, just you know they cannot uh, regardless of they have a bad company or good company uh, they you know that really don't affect them but i think having a good people around encouraging people around it's, it really affects your mentality and uh, there's a very you know beautiful uh, sayings of the holy prophet say, say of the holy these of the holy prophet peace and blessings of Allah be upon him he said that uh, take advantage uh, your youth before your 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 old age and uh, your health before your sickness and your wealth before your poverty and your free time before your you know uh, preoccupation your business and in your life and your life before the death 
So this hadith, you know, highlights the significance of making the most of the present moment, present moment yeah. and not delaying important matter. Im- yeah. Important matter, and it encourages believers to seize opportunities yeah. and utilize their, you know, time effectively for the betterment of their lives and the life of other, you know, indeed. And so procrastination, you know, uh, goes against this principle, uh, and it is it involves, you know, delaying and. Uh, postponing tasks or responsibilities. So, if if we look uh, ponder upon this uh, beautiful hadith, so the Holy Prophet really emphasized that one should, you, you know, one should you know focus on the present moment and not delaying the important task. I think that's a key point. Key point. Mm. Yeah, it's it is uh, live live uh, live the moment one hundred percent because. You know, um, I also had these discussions with people. You know, you're mm-hmm. young now, mm-hmm. you might as well live it up. Um, mm-hmm. But it's uh, they they always say no no every every age uh, has its the d- purpose or yeah every age has an essence okay, okay? so it, you know even if you're of an older age mm-hmm. um, there is reasons to enjoy that as well okay so um, the uh, another really like important point that you also mm-hmm. brought uh, to attention was that the promise of Islam states that laziness only occurs when a person does not know the importance of salat mm. and he gives him more importance to someone other than mm-hmm. Allah. Mm-hmm. If he has complete faith in Allah, then how is it possible that he displays laziness? So the Promised Messiah is the founder of the Ahmadiyya community. Yeah. And, um, you know, he has a very strong and firm belief that namah or salat, prayer, mm-hmm. is the key to uh, uh, avoiding laziness. Okay. Uh, so the prayer in, in the sense that you... Your focal fo- uh, focal f- uh, focus is mm-hmm. God Almighty. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, this I was thinking about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was, I, you know, when you wake up in the morning for for Fajr, let's say, mm-hmm. the uh, thing that you have to always do uh, before any prayer is obviously ablution, right? Mm-hmm. So the ablution itself is the first thing that activates your life. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it activates yeah. your day, for True. instance, and um, it is also a form of refreshing your mind as well. Mm-hmm. So before any, no prayer is done without the ablution, right? It's um, that thing that you know you are f- doing ablution five times a day mm-hmm. is constantly keeping you active, right? right? So mm-hmm. um, yeah. I think a very beautiful point you mentioned because if you look all of the you know commandments of the Islam uh, let's take a namaz you know prayer so the in the holy quran allah the almighty say, say that you know kitab al maqut that prayer prayer should be offered at their appointed times so and when you look towards <coughs> fasting yeah. a muslim have to you know muslim have to observe this from certain times of hour and they have to wake up they have to, you know, follow all the, you know, uh, specific timing, and they have to break on the space of time. So, if you look uh, the whole of the, you know, um, commandments of Islam, the really philosophy behind it is that it disciplines you. It, uh, you know, uh, that you have to do. Uh, you know, you have to do. Uh, it deep gives prayer. you. A, it gives you a, a proper timetable. Yes. Of your life, okay. Mm-hmm. So prayer, uh, a, a timetable of prayer. Uh, it can vary throughout mm-hmm. the world, okay. Mm-hmm. But you are going through a timetable and. Uh, if you want to uh, follow us, if you want to be a mm-hmm. you know, someone who is a devout, mm-hmm. you have to f- uh, follow that timetable mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. actively and balance it with your 
day-to-day lives you know mm-hmm. so a person who is a de- I w- who I've seen are devout muslims mm-hmm. they are deeply concerned of not missing their prayer time right uh they would give up uh they, whatever they're doing mm-hmm. or anything worldly or work or whatever but they have mm-hmm. to go and pray mm-hmm. so uh this means that they're in a very active sort of lifestyle okay right, right. they don't uh, they they are keeping up to it mm-hmm. uh they don't want to upset their lord by uh, missing a prayer or being lazy hmm. in terms of praying right uh, but that comes with uh, a lot of self determination it's it's a bit like um, you know if you if you are on this uh, if you if you really want to do something for instance you might want to go on a diet and lose weight then you have to stick to it you have right. to stick to the plan this is exactly what most uh, you know devout worshipers in hmm. terms of an islamic way Absolutely. do as well so just to wrap it up um what are the um, so uh, it's a ver- some of the solution i want to just uh yeah, i'm going to 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 you know uh, to let my listeners know uh, that holy quran also mention an effective solution to this old age problem and that is to busy ourselves in our free time and try not to sit around in vain one way we can apply this is by you know uh, chunking our responsibilities you know dividing our responsibilities for example if a huge paper is due in a month start working on it bit by bit every day and not only does this avoid one from feeling overwhelmed this trick you know makes sure uh, to provide us with a task every day and helps us, us you know helps uh, keep us busy and this can significantly reduce the amount of time one spend in vain so this is a very you know um, beautiful tactic you can say to tackle this problem that divide your tasks Uh, in a small amount and try to do your daily tasks break them down break, yeah, them, break down, them down break them down and and try to do them you know uh, slowly take baby steps and that's how you can you know build uh, this habit of not delaying things and you know and that will not overwhelm you when that when the time comes so this is a very beautiful uh, thing and then all in on this problem is you know growing one but like lot of other problem it is avoidable one and with hopes prayers and effort this problem can be you know uh, easy easily overcome yeah uh, in terms of the word problem i would say that um, the problem is the laziness aspect mm-hmm. of it mm-hmm. but uh, it's not re- i wouldn't say it's generally a serious problem if mm. you if you really do want to cool off or tone down um so yeah procrastination as i said in the beginning mm-hmm. of this is a double edged right. sword yeah, yeah, it, yeah. it can yeah. it has good True. effects and it has a uh, and it has bad effects so I think in today's program and with the help of our um our callers our producers uh, I would like to thank them Habiba Saiba and Faiza Saiba who have done a v- wonderful job preparing our script and with that we go to the and and Habibullah Saib in the we, we can't forget him mm. in the studio and with that we go to the news